Hello and welcome to Trainer Tools. I'm John Tomlinson. In this episode I'm speaking to John Kersey about three of his favourite icebreakers. Of all the trainers I work with, John is the one I would say who invests the most time and effort at the beginning of the day in breaking ice and building rapport and that kind of thing. So I thought it would be quite interesting to hear about his favourite methods for doing so. He talks us through three different methods, ending with his favourite one, which is probably the most controversial or the one that occasionally gets a bit emotional. So I hope you find it useful. hope you enjoy it. I'm here again with John Kersey. Hi, John. How are you? Yeah, hi. How are you? All right? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. What are you going to talk to us today about? I've um, got three icebreakers uh, to talk to you about today. Okay. So what are those three? The three are Cocktail Party is the first one. Okay. And then Bingo. And then the five whys. So let's do them in that order. And uh, we'll start with Cocktail Party. Okay. So um, a Cocktail Party is um, a getting to know you session. Quite often we'll just pair people up or in table groups and give them a list of things to get to know. One of the things I quite like to do is to give them a completely free format to see what they come up with. And so I say to them, we're going to have a cocktail party, but without the cocktails. So everybody up on your feet and get them all stood up. And I say, okay, so you've got 15 minutes and I want you to speak to a minimum of three people and speak to them about whatever you like. And I want you to mingle and find out whatever information you want to. Sometimes I will put a couple of steer uh, or steers within that. So I might say whatever you want to know, um, but make sure you include their objective, for instance. I'll also might say find out whatever you want to know and make one thing a fascinating fact. And I'll say to them, if you're speaking to three people, then you need to have three fascinating facts. So that it covers a, a number of reasons. One, it gets them up and about. Two, it gets them talking and getting to know each other. Three, it means they've really got to think hard to find three fascinating facts because most people really struggle to find one fascinating fact. And that's quite often because what, what, what people have done in their lives, because they've done it, they don't find it fascinating. But of course, to somebody else, then uh, uh, it, it is fascinating. So then I leave them to it. And I might observe, watch a bit of body language. Quite often in the beginning, they'll be a little bit awkward. So they'll be wanting to hold on to a chair or arms folded, that kind of thing. And then as they loosen up and they get to know each other, then they start to have a bit more fun and the energy rises and so does the volume. So you, you run this for about 15 minutes at the beginning of a session. That's right. You get people standing up, which is always good, I think, to get the energy going and get people moving about and break that comfort zone state. And then you say that they have to talk to a minimum of three people. Yeah. And you may or may not structure that in terms of how much you ask them to get out. Yeah. Maybe just an objective, maybe nothing at all, maybe something like a fascinating fact. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So then what happens at the end of that 15 minutes? Well, then I'll get them back together and I'll ask them what were the fascinating facts that they found out. And I might question... Okay, yeah, that's always a, good, that's always a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I might question it a bit. So let's say someone's swum with sharks and then I'll say... Well, what made you swim with sharks? How did that happen? Those kind of yeah, you can play about with that then, can't you? That's right. I I just want to know. I absolutely hate having to come up with a fascinating fact. It's one of my least favourite things about being on a training class. Is it really? I hate it. Yeah, I can never think of anything. Oh, I'm I'm sure a man of your calibre has many fascinating facts. 
Well, they don't seem fascinating to me, as you said. So. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. So, um, yeah, so and, and that's, that's sort of it, really. I then might uh, move it on to the objectives. So if I have given them the task of finding out objectives as well, and then I'll move it back into business and say, okay, so now let's have a look at the objectives, and I'll write those up on a flip chart as they talk them through. And then that way it's got everybody got to know each other. Depending on the course I'm running, I might use some other things. So I might actually start, instead of starting with fascinating facts, I might start with what was your thought process, the, the, the moment I told you to stand up, how did you feel, what kind of thoughts and emotions did you have as you were moving around the room. And from that I might draw out things like, well, it was a bit awkward in the beginning, it felt a bit pressured, something along those lines. And then I might use that to say, well, you know, in your business life, if you're networking, what does that feel like? Or if you're in a sales environment, what does that feel like? So they can start to understand that they might feel awkward in the beginning, but if they can bypass that, then they can feel comfortable straight away. So that would be on a course though it's relevant, like networking or those kind of relationship building courses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I might draw that out as well, and then I might use that later. So then later on in the course, let's say it's a, I don't know, a leadership course, and you might be talking about performance management well they might be feeling awkward having to go into a conversation with somebody who's underperforming so then we'll relate that back to the beginning uh, to the cocktail party and then we'll get them to start to think about well what is it that made them relax enough to be effective and then how could they do that with regards to the performance discussion or the networking event or the sales meeting or whatever it might be so we start to use that process later on in the course so is there any particular reason you would choose to do cocktail party? Is there any reason why you would choose that rather than any other icebreaker? I mean, mainly because it gets people up and about, whereas when they're just sat on the table discussing with each other, it tends to be quite dull. They tend to just stick to business. Whereas if, um, if you get them up and walking around, it just has a different energy to it. And then giving them free format... It enables them, again, there's so much learning later on. So if they just stuck to business, well, if you were in a networking meeting and you only stuck to business, what would it be like? Or if you were had a new member of staff and you only stuck to business instead of getting to know them as a person. I might also find out, sometimes I'll, I'll say to people, find out something useful that you can use each other for. So let's say somebody's brother's a mechanic well, okay, I might be able to get a cheap service on my car. Or um, if they've got a holiday home in Spain, well, great, could I rent it? So it's about finding interesting things out that can be useful. And you can just use it throughout the day on the course then. You can keep reverting back to what's it like when you feel awkward, uh, what's it like when you know somebody as a person as opposed to a worker. Okay, so it's particularly useful when it's the course itself relates to those kind of learnings to do with engagement and networking, yeah. those sorts of ideas. Absolutely. And I mean, the courses that I run, there's about 20 odd courses, and I can use it on pretty much all of them from presentation skills to recruitment and selection to uh, influencing to leadership. You can use it throughout the course. To play devil's advocate for a second, I uh-huh. mean, if you're doing that, if you're doing that for 15 minutes, plus you're then summarising in plenary, you may be investing as much as half an hour mm. into just the icebreaker. And on a one-day course of what's only seven hours, yeah. that's actually quite a, a big chunk of time. It is. So I would be slightly reluctant about doing that. Is there anything, any yeah. comment on that? Absolutely. Um, it's a really good point. Uh, I, I actually quite often invest even more than half an hour 
I've actually done that in I've, with that and the objective session. Quite often, that will take forty-five minutes, maybe even an hour. And I've always found the courses where I've invested that time up front have been far more effective than ones where I've done it quickly. And I think part of the reason of that is is when it's a quick, just run around the room, say who you are. Well, everybody's forgotten that by the time you get round to the last person, and so let's say that only takes 10 minutes well that's 10 minutes wasted if it's in table groups and you give them 10 minutes to get to know each other and then they share a few things back again there's not any um uh, rapport within the entire group but by doing this you actually create a rapport within all the individuals within the group they have a bit of fun and because they're laughing they always remember and i've had people come back on other courses who's who've said, oh yeah, I, was, I, I bumped into that guy who jumped out of an aeroplane and that's the bit they remember. And so they can actually start to remember people based on something interesting about them. So, Again, we're back to, the, back to that fascinating fact that I haven't got. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I must find... jump out of an aeroplane. <laughs> yes, perhaps you should. <laughs> yes. Always take a parachute. Um, but Good yeah, advice. So I think uh, it, it pays dividends, it really does. And it means that you get into the course to a greater depth at a better time. Um, and people are more comfortable then to experiment with each other. They're more comfortable to talk to each other. They're more comfortable to open up with each other. And it also builds a much stronger rapport between the group and the trainer. And so I think it's, uh, or in my experience, I've found the more time you spend up front getting it right, the better the course goes. Okay. Well, I think one of the main advantages of classroom training above anything else is the social aspect. Yeah. So I think, you know, anything that kind of encourages that it has got to be worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that was Cocktail Party. Um, thanks for that, John. So what was the second one? Um, the second one's called Bingo. Okay, do you want to just talk us through that and explain when you would use that? Yeah. Uh, well, Bingo is, uh, again, it's an, I would generally use it as a, a an opening um, to a program and it, it would be a getting to know you session now instead of this one having any business to it it is literally just for getting to know building rapport so you need to do a bit of preparation with this one first so you have an A4 piece of paper and you can divide that up into as many boxes as you like so I would say minimum 10 um, but you could have 20, 30 different boxes within each box you could put some some normal things and some wacky things, etc. So it might be find someone with a tattoo. It might be find someone who's done a parachute jump, uh, who likes skiing, um, who's been on holiday in the last six months, who's a, a Taurus, anything along those lines. So you think up uh, as many things as you like. You give each person some uh, one of those uh, uh, pieces of paper. And you say, right, up on your feet, have a mingle, and see how many of those you can tick off with the people that are in the room. So then it forces them to go up and say, so, uh, have you got a tattoo? And, of course, if they have, then quite often people go, where is it? And <laughs> what is it? And so on. And it just gets a bit of conversation going. And that, in essence, is, is pretty much it. Okay, that sounds fairly straightforward. So it's just about preparing that piece of paper, coming up with a, a list of things which are, I suppose, interesting enough to make it, the game challenging. Yes. So they're not that common. Yeah. Um, but obviously a few a few fairly easy ones in there, like find someone who's a particular astrological sign. Yes, absolutely. 
then you might you could put some work things in there. So let's say um, when I was doing a, a difficult conversation uh, course recently, and in that I put in there, "Have you ever had a difficult conversation?" Um, so of course that brings that straight in, and then they'll have a conversation about what was it. So then in plenary you can draw out some of those things as well. Right. I, th- I guess you could expand on that idea as well, depending on the course, and put in lots of different course concepts. That's right. In that beginning bit, without overloading it too much and t- sucking all the fun out of it. Absolutely, yes, yeah. And how long does that usually run for? I'll, I'll let that run. You, you can do it a number of ways. You can either give it a time limit, so maybe 10 minutes, depending on how many people there are in the group. Or you could say, so let's say you had five boxes across and three boxes down, so you had 15 in total. You might say, okay, so if anybody either gets house, gets all of them, or one line, then they can shout out. And then if uh, if somebody finds a line within a couple of minutes, then you say, great, well done, carry on. And if it had taken them five or ten minutes, then you can stop it there. And when that's finished, do you summarise that in plenary again? Yes, I would summarise those in plenary, see what they found out. Again, dig a little behind the stories um, as a bit of fun. And then if there's anything that's come out of that that relates to the programme, then I might bring that out as well. And then again, similarly to Cocktail Party, there's still the learning in, in the how did you approach each other, how confident were you, was it a bit awkward at first and better as you got to know each other, all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarity in terms of getting people standing up and talking to each other, isn't there? That's right, that's Just right. Just giving them, giving them more structure. That's it, so, yeah, So exactly. I guess it makes it a little bit easier. Exactly, yeah. And is there, a, is there an occasion where you particularly choose bingo over cocktail party? Or the other way around, particularly yeah. choose cocktail party over bingo, I guess. Well, I, t- I tend to use cocktail party more often. One, because there's quite a bit more learning in it. And two, because I quite often forget to fill out a bingo sheet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes, or if I've, if I've already done the cocktail party with one group, and if I have the same group again later, then I might use the bingo one then. So um, if it's, let's say, like some courses, you might, it might be a two-day course, but split over a couple of months. Well, then I might do the cocktail party first, but then on the second course, I might not want to get straight into the course. I might want to get them energised a little bit, in which case I'll use the bingo. That sounds quite a simple one. Mm. So do you want to take us on to the last one? I think you called it the five whys. That's right. So, um, And that, that's why the question word why. That's correct, yes. So a lot of people will be familiar with this uh, in terms of understanding uh, people in terms of sales quite often they use something called the five whys in terms of selling it's a tool that can be used in all sorts coaching and so on so using it in a as a as an icebreaker can be useful for what you're going to achieve within the icebreaking session but also it will get them used to questioning and of course a lot of the courses that we run there's a quite often a questioning session in there somewhere if it's a sales course if it's a leadership course if it's um something around performance management coaching they're all all have questioning in there somewhere so it actually gets them used to using the questioning tool in a fun way that's not totally structured so it gets them used to that so it's quite a good advantage for that now when i set this up i'm quite careful because it has in the past got emotional and so I'll explain that up front. So I'll say to them, okay, we're going to do a session. It's called the five whys. And in essence, you're going to ask your partner a question. Whatever they answer, you're going to use that for your next question and so on. And you're going to do that five times. 
Now, the way in which it can get emotional, and I would normally give this example, um, and I was working with a team a little while ago, and the question they, they had to ask each other was, why are you here today for the course? So why are you here? And one particular individual, I think that they thought they were being a bit clever, and they said, well, because my boss told me I was. So their partner then said... I've heard that before, definitely. Yes, I have. a few On times. a few courses, yes. yes. <laughs> and it, it, I'm asking the question, why again? So, And why did your boss say you had to come on here? Actually, there's a learning within that for the individual immediately. And it also starts to uh, set the ground rules for how the course is going to be. And it's sort of a case of, you know, well, okay, your boss might have told you, but let's have a look at why he told you to come and let's have a look if there might be some learning in there for you. So it gets people to self-realize a bit. But this particular individual, when he was asked why did his boss not, uh, why did his boss ask him to come, it stopped him dead in his tracks and, uh, and he said, um, well, because he doesn't think I'm very good. So, of course, then the third why is, and why doesn't he think you're very good? And to cut a long story short, by the time he got to about the fifth or sixth why, he realized that every time in his career he'd come up to a, a difficult situation, a point where he was thinking, actually, I don't know how to deal with this. Instead of learning how to deal with it, what he actually did was start applying for jobs. And so he just moved through his career without learning as much as he could have done. And all of a sudden he was in quite a senior position with actually very little in terms of skills. And it got quite emotional for him in the, uh, quite a big bit of self-realization that actually he really needs to start learning how to deal with people. So the process he was good at, but the people he wasn't. So I'll explain up front. It could get emotional. I'll also give them the option and I'll say, if this does start getting emotional for you and you don't want to go there, then stop straight away. However, right, okay. However, if you think, actually, I want to explore this, then carry on. So they always, I always give them the, the, the safety option, which is second or third while you start thinking, actually, I really don't want to explore this, then you don't have to. You can stop there, and that in itself is enough learning because it means they're very, very aware then that there's something that they might need to look at at some stage, just today isn't the right time. If they are happy to go into it, then you can go into four, five, and six whys, and from that you'll end up with... Um, uh, a much deeper understanding of what your objective is. Do you always use it with the question, why are you here? Um, most of the time, yes. You could use any question, but for the purposes of the icebreaker, it's, uh, it's around the objectives. Sometimes I have actually used both the cocktail party and the five whys. So I've done the cocktail party first, just in terms of find out whatever you want to and your interesting fact. And then when I've debriefed that, I'll then say, right, now we're going to do another exercise to work out what your objectives are. It's the five whys. So sometimes I've used them in conjunction with each other. So what particular situations would you use the five whys as opposed to any other icebreaker? I use that when, uh, when I think the group is mature enough to really start to understand what their objective is. Quite often use it on leadership programs. So with leadership programs, when we're looking for people to understand their teams better, then something like this is a really useful tool. One, for them to self-realize why they're there, but also it's a tool that they can then use when they get back to work to start to 
build relationships with their own team and understand why their teams come to work or why the individuals within the team comes to work. So it's a good practicing tool and it's very effective in terms of them understanding their objective. So use it for the, those more kind of profound and challenging kind of courses where you really want people to examine themselves and their own beliefs and behaviours? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so when that's finished, um, roughly how much time would you allow for that? Or do you kind of respond to the, do you respond more to the, how long it takes the people? It kind of, I guess it would just finish, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if um, depending on the amount of people you've got, really, if it was a really huge course, then there might just be a stop time, maybe 10 minutes. If it was a smaller course in terms of, let's say, you had eight, 10 people, then I might actually get them to not just speak to one person, but maybe speak to two or three people, but they'd have to come up with a different why. So that, right, can, okay. yeah, that can add a, another deeper dimension to it as well. So I've got to come out with three reasons why I'm here today. So you might allow those conversations to go on for sort of 10 to 15 minutes? Absolutely, yes, yeah. So they can really get to grips with, with the, the real reasons as to why they do things and why they're there. Are you involved in that at all or are you standing back? Nine times out of ten, I'll stand back and watch, um, even when there's odd numbers. Sometimes somebody will approach me if there's an odd number, and I'll say, actually, I just need to, uh, to, to observe for a while. So, And again, there's learning in that. I might push them back in and say, you're going to have to go in and interrupt, or you're going to have to go in and form a three and see if they can do it. And then I'll use that as learning later on as well. What kind of learning would you pull out of that? Um, that would be about the implications of approach the building rapport the how does a three-way conversation work differently to a two-way conversation it can be all sorts of learning that can come out of that and then what would you do again would you summarize it in plenary afterwards yeah so i with that one i tend to be a little bit more careful so as opposed to saying something along the lines of so what did you find out i might start that one with who'd like to share what came out of that because some people, they may have found out some things that they don't want to share. Um, other people might do. And then I'll just stay quiet and see what happens. And generally speaking, somebody will say, that was really interesting, actually. Um, I hadn't really thought about it to that depth before. But I found out that actually what I want to get from today is. And then they'll have a much deeper understanding of what their own objective is. Okay, well, thank you very much for that, John. Those are three really useful um, icebreakers. Pleasure. Do you want to just remind everybody where you're from? Um, yes, uh, Red Consultancy, that's my business and we work with all sorts of areas from usual business skills, so things from presentation skills to influencing to performance management and also leadership programs either individually coaching one-on-one -on -one or uh, groups of leaders and, and building business through people basically. And do you have a website I presume? Yes, it's uh, www.redconsultancy.biz, B-I-Z. And there is a link to that on the Trainer Tools website, which is www.trainer-tools.com. Okay, well, thank you for that, John. See you next time. Yes, lovely. Thank you. Take care. So that was me talking to John Kersey about three of his favourite methods for icebreakers. Hope you found it useful. See you next time.